What is the most dangerous animal? <laughs> what is the most dangerous plant? What is the most dangerous this and that? But has anybody asked, who is the most dangerous person? More in fact, the most dangerous person in South Africa. Horror movies are nothing compared to real life horror stories because it happens to real life people implicating real lives involving real criminals which results in real lives being ended. South Africa being the third country in the world with the highest crime rate, taking after Papua New Guinea at number two and Venezuela at number one. It's considered to be one of the most dangerous countries in the world. So now we are bound to find out the reason why. Why is South Africa classified as one of the most dangerous countries in the world? <laughs> There's a man named Moses Sitole. He is one of many men who made South Africa the third most dangerous country in the world as he is classified as South Africa's most dangerous man. But the question is that what goes on in the mind of a serial murderer? What goes on in the mind of a rapist? So now we want to know what drove Sitole towards a very dark and gruesome path. Is there any childhood trauma? What exactly created the monster that he had become? So we will discuss all the reason, the motive, their expectations, the works of a convicted rapist and serial murderer. Moses Itole, born in Fosloré, South Africa, on the 17th November in 1964, was mostly known as the ABC killer, the South African strangler, the Gauteng killer. He was incarcerated in the C-Max, which is a maximum section prison based in Pretoria, but currently incarcerated in the Mangawong Correctional Center in Bloemfontein. So we all want to know what drove Sitole to that deadliest point. What actually influenced him to commit such disturbing crimes? So according to a reliable source, when he was merely six years old, Sitole's father died and his mom abandoned the family. Sitole and his younger siblings had to move from one orphanage to another because of abuse. So by the time Sitole reached his teens, he was arrested for rape and convicted, then sentenced to seven years in prison. So according to Sitole, he had a very rough time in prison, which influenced him to become a murderer. And the most shocking statement he ever said was that the woman he murdered all reminded him of the woman who had falsely accused him of rape the time that he was a teenager. But what's really weird is that those who knew Sitole on a personal level would describe him as a mild-mannered individual, charming and handsome. So during his crime spree, Sitole worked and managed a shell organization, I would say um, an NGO, if I'm not mistaken, an NGO, where he dealt with youth against human abuse. He was totally against child abuse. He never wanted anything to do with abuse. 
So by the time that he started committing his crimes, which was in Artridgeville, which is near Pretoria, he moved his focus towards Boxburg and eventually to Cleveland. So by 1995, he claimed over 30 victims, sparking a nationwide panic. The most disturbing habit he had was that after he attacked his victims, he would later call the families of the victims for no apparent reason, but just to just just to taunt them, just to taunt them. You know, at, at one point, you know, President Nelson Mandela had to intervene. He had to, to go to Boxburg personally to appeal for a public assistant to apprehend the killer. And what was very gruesome is the fact that he only targeted black women aged more or less between 18 and 45, of year, 45 years of age, you know. So most of his victims, most of his victims were like, were being interviewed for positions for his organization. So what would happen afterwards is that um, he would take them to a remote field or to an abandoned building where he would beat, rape and murder his victims and some of his victims were strangled with their own underwear and the most youngest victim he killed was a two-year-old boy you know he inflicted a head wound on the two-year-old son of one of his victims and left him to die from exposure you know like this was not going to end there you know he carried on killing more people but then he had to come to an end he was not going to kill women and kids left, right, and center and expect no justice, you know. So, in March in 1995, Sitola was identified as having been seen. He was seen with one of his victims, you know. But he later disappeared shortly after the South African, South African Police Services investigators learned details of his previous rape conviction, you know. So he disappeared because he knew that he was wanted now. He was, you know, he was the most wanted man in South Africa at that time. You know. So what happened after that is that Sitole had the audacity to contact a South African investigative journalist, Tamsin De Beer, you know, and identified himself as the killer. Like during the phone call with the journalist, with De Beer, he confessed, then stated that he killed all of the women that were actually reported because it was carried out in revenge for his unjust punishment. And he claimed to have about 700, no, 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 76 victims, which is twice as much, twice as many as those reported. So finally, you know, he had to prove his identity. And so Sitole gave directions to where one of his bodies were left. So that's when the police, that's when the the authorities got involved, you know. So it came a time where the local authorities subsequently cornered Sitole in Johannesburg, shooting the suspect because he was attacking a constable with a hatchet, you know. Sitole was driven to the hospital where he was allegedly found to be HIV positive. Just imagine spreading, you know, a disease to all these women who never asked for it. You know, he raped them, he killed them, he infected them. So 
on the 5th of December 1972, Sitola was sentenced to 50 years imprisonment for each of the 38 murders he committed. And then he was sentenced to 12 years imprisonment for each and every robbery. Since his sentence, you know, runs consecutively, the total effective sentence is 2,410 years behind bars. So um, Justice David Carstairs ordered that Stoller would be required to serve at least 930 years before he can be eligible for like parole. So he had to spend 930 years in jail in order for him to qualify to apply for parole. So good luck, Sitole. Good luck applying for parole. But you have destroyed lives. You have destroyed families, you know. And what the judge also told Sitole was that, you know, if capital punishment had not been abolished at that time, he would have been sentenced to death, you know. So Sitole ended up being sentenced to, you know, to all those years in prison with that parole placed as well and he was sentenced to the C-Max which is you know like the highest security maximum security section in Pretoria and then he was later moved to a to a correctional center which is in Bloemfontein so he is currently in Bloemfontein Moses Sitale committed gruesome crimes ending lives of innocent women destroying the lives of innocent families but why how can somebody be so wicked be so demonic the question is what really created a real life devil was it his childhood because his mom sophie that was her name sophie was unable to support her kids and abandoned her kids at a local police station because that was the reason why they went from one orphanage to another, where they were mistreated for years. No, the abuse happened and he got tired of the abuse and he ran away seeking refuge, first with his older brother, Patrick, before going to Johannesburg to work at a local gold mine. And one thing he also said was that he's aggressive attitude towards women was because of his mother's abandonment then also he was then also he said it's because he was falsely accused of rape and ended up being incarcerated for years so that was a contributor towards his anger towards women i mean like for the fact that it doesn't matter even if he lost a loved one it doesn't justify anything no Worst case life experience can ever justify the gruesome crimes he committed. The woman he killed had nothing to do with any of those crimes. Even if they did, I mean, no one deserves to be murdered. No matter what, they did not deserve this. So why he did it, how he did it, what he gained from it, we would never know such evil acts i don't even think sitole can explain the reason why himself but he's one of the most 
dangerous man in South Africa and in the world who had the, the, the psychological and emotional capability of doing such acts of evil. And which is like, it's so sad, it's so devastating to the families of the victim and to the lives that were ended shortly for no reason. People do not deserve to die, you know. Being raped and killed in South Africa, it's a norm because it happens each and every day. It's like a socio-economic issue. It's happening left, right, and center. And this is why South Africa is the third most dangerous country in the world.